0: Bloomington names next police chief. Sarah Bush Lincoln Hospital in Mattoon activates internal disaster plan. More on these stories. I'm Kelsey Watsonauer. And I'm Sierra Henry. And this is Lee Enterprises Long Story Short. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Long Story Short, where we recap Central Illinois news from Lee Enterprises journalists. We're back again. (laughs) I'm so sorry that we keep taking so many breaks, but I was on vacation last week, and um, so we took a break, and Kelsey's on vacation next week, but I will still be here, so we will have a podcast next week. This is where you learn that this podcast is entirely
1: dependent on Sierra's presence.
0: (laughs) And with that, all right, we're going to
1: kick it off with some state news coming from the governor's office this week. So on Thursday, Governor J.B. Pritzker announced a new vaccine and mask mandate in Illinois. Effective August 30th, masks will be required when indoors for all regardless of their vaccination status. And effective September 5th, all pre-K through 12 teachers and staff, as well as higher education personnel and students and healthcare workers must be vaccinated or tested at least weekly for COVID-19. Those eligible to receive the vaccine have until the 5th to get the first dose of a two-dose vaccine or the single-dose vaccine. New Panagraph reporter Connor Wood was on campus Thursday talking to Illinois State University students about the new mandate, so you can find that story at Panagraph.com. And I reached out to local school districts to see how they will be implementing the vaccine mandate, and many said they're still waiting for more information. So if you want to read more about the district's and teachers' union's responses, you can find my story at Panagraph.com. And as always, we have coverage of this new statewide mandate across all three of our websites. So be sure to check out herald and jg-tc.com as well. So what's up in local government,
0: Sierra? Uh, well, first off, Governor J.P. Pritzker and state leaders are calling on the U.S. Small Business Administration to declare a disaster in Ford County in an effort to bring in financial relief for damages caused by extreme storms earlier this month. The declaration would allow county residents and businesses to apply for low-interest, long-term loans to pay for storm recovery costs. State officials must prove that at least 25 homes or businesses sustained major uninsured losses of at least 40% to qualify Ford County for this disaster declaration. Thunderstorms battered homes in Gibson City, dumping 10 inches of rain and resulting in severe flooding, damages to homes and businesses earlier this month. At least 200 people were evacuated because of the event. To read more about what type of financial aid there is out there and how state leaders are trying to address the damages, you can read the full story by Tim Egger at panagraph.com. And the initial story and for the initial story about the flooding, you can find Brendan Dennison um, who is our new public safety reporter at Um Brendan actually was able to go down to uh, Gibson City and get photos of the flood damage and talk with residents. So you can check all of that out again at Um And in quick health-related news outside of the mask mandate, Kelsey is going to uh, give us an update coming out of Mattoon. All right, so Sarah Bush Lincoln, the hospital in Mattoon, has activated has activated
1: its internal disaster plan because of the continuing surges of patients seeking care for COVID-19. The plan, which President and CEO Jerry Esker said was unusual to turn to, will will deploy a mutual aid box alarm system tent outside the emergency department to care for people without COVID-19 and those who are less ill. The tent was initially erected in March of 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic and has enough room to care for six patients. The hospital typically sees 80 to 100 patients daily, but is now up to 130 people a day in the last few weeks. Rob Stroud breaks down the issue and what it means for the community quite well in his report. So for more details, you can find the full story at jg-tc.com. And now let's move into some education news. Sierra, take us down to Decatur.
0: A shaken mother confronted the Decatur school board, accusing a teacher of assaulting her child. Tiasha Daddy said last Friday, Jamie Goodman, who was employed at South Shore School, pushed the head of her child down when the child refused to put her head on the desk. Goodman has since been given a notice to appear in Macon County Circuit Court on October 22nd on a preliminary charge of aggravated battery to a child. The Herald and Review has also filed a Freedom of Information Act requesting documents regarding the incident. Daddy has pleaded for the school board to take action during a Tuesday meeting of the school board. For more coverage on the school board meeting, what Daddy had to say, and subsequent reports, find Valerie Wells' story at herald-review.com. And now moving into higher ed, students at Eastern Illinois
1: University and Lakeland College returned to campus for their first full day of classes this week. Athena Pager and Rob Stroud spoke with students and staff members about the first day, and Athena wrote that Charleston Area Chamber of Commerce board chair said it's a breath of fresh air to see the college kids returning to the area. To read how the first day went and how the university and college are adjusting to the new COVID restrictions and mandates, find the full stories at jg-tc.com. And now let's get into some
0: sports. Six Super Seniors are taking on the role of team captain for the Illini football team this year, looking forward to spending their last college season building a foundation and leaving a legacy. The six include Owen Carney Jr., Tony Adams Jr., and Vidarian Lowe, all first-time captains, as well as Jake Hansen, Blake Hayes, and Doug Kramer Jr., who are all three-time captains. All six have been at the school in the program for five or six years, and after everything they faced in the last year and a half as being college athletes during a pandemic, they're ready to take on this challenge. Herald and Review reporter James Boyd spent time this week talking to captains and coaches about the season ahead. So, if you want to hear more from them, be sure to check out herald And in Bloomington Normal, six
1: Redbird football players got a big surprise this week when they went from walk-ons to scholarship players for Illinois State. Their teammates, who had taken a knee for a special meeting, erupted with cheers as Alt Dalton Tevis, Frankie West, Dylan Gearhart, Aiden Breschenhan, Spencer DeForest and Jacob Belize found out they would receive financial aid this season. As walk-on players, these six had been offered a roster spot on the team, but no help in paying for their school expenses. ISU coach Brock Spack said being able to extend these scholarship offers to his players is the best thing he does as a coach. Among the six, Tevis and West are 2018 graduates from Normal Community, and they said this was a blessing and they were totally shocked by the surprise of it all. The Panagraph's Randy Reinhart was on the field this week to talk to players and the coach about the six exciting news. so If you want to hear more from them, you should definitely head on over to panograph.com and check out video of the announcement as well as interviews with players. And seriously, you should check it out. The video of the announcement, I just I couldn't stop smiling after that surprise. It's it's so good. All right. Uh, and now let's see, let's move into some public safety and
0: courts news. Feel good news this week. 5-year-old Carter Ferguson of Mattoon got a taste of what it's like to run with the big dogs. Instead of taking a trip to the playground, Carter visited with his friend and mentor Captain Brandon Saunders of the Mattoon Police Department. The friendship started in a really unique way, with Carter always running around in a SWAT uniform and running into the police captain at the convenience store. Rob Stroud wrote a story about the friendship and an act of kindness Saunders has shown to Carter's family. He even got a brand new police uniform because, if it wasn't already clear, Carter really wants to be a cop when he is older. You can read this heartwarming story at Where we have photos and video of Carter and Captain Saunders. That's so cute. And on Wednesday, Bloomington found out who its next police chief will be after
1: a month long recruitment period. Illinois State Police Colonel Jamal Symington will take over as the city's top cop on October 1st, succeeding interim chief Greg Scott, who took over after Dan Donath resigned last September. Simington has 30 years of experience in law enforcement and currently serves as the State Police Deputy Director for the Division of the Academy. He comes to Bloomington having never worn a BPD badge, but he is a Bloomington resident, which some community leaders said would help him during his transition because he's already familiar with the city. Panagraph reporter Tim Eggert spoke to city officials, law enforcement, and criminal justice professionals who had a lot to say about the new chief, so head on over to Panagraph.com
0: to read more. A shooting reported in Decatur Monday night left two people injured, a 6-year-old and an 18-year-old, both male. Decatur police said they were shot around 4.45 p.m. in the 300 block of Virtue Court. Both victims had injuries that police described as non-life-threatening. No arrests have been made so far in this case, and police are still investigating. To catch up with the latest and to follow this story, be sure to find Tony Reid's report at herald-review.com. Okay, so we're going to close out today's um, episode with um, some farm chat. some farm chat. farm chat, it's farm chat. Um, it is time for farm focus, farm focus, <laughs> um, which is what I've been singing every time we talk about this section. Which is the all the latest and greatest in ag in Central Illinois.
1: Yeah, um, we have a lot of cool stories coming out uh, in the coming days. Um, across all of our three, three, uh, three papers. I did one um, focusing on the ag program at Normal Community High School, because, because the ag department got a $10,000 grant to uh, fix up, renovate their greenhouse, and uh, they're gonna start, as soon as they get that done, they're gonna be able to grow plants indoors and really get that hands-on experience. Um, that is really necessary when you're taking an ag class, in my opinion. As someone who's never taken an ag class, but it was really cool to talk to students as well as the um, FFA and ag leaders there. And uh, when we, when I was talking, when I was interviewing the students, we went out into their garden, and these kids were really excited that they had successfully grown a carrot. And during the interview, you just started eating this carrot. It was great. <laughs> uh what did you write about for farm focus sierra
0: i wrote about pumpkin patches oh yeah which is a really great topic both kelsey and i had really non-hard-hitting <laughs> <Yeah>. like ag, <laughs> ag stories we had we had fun stories and and um i'll get more well i'll just say the pumpkin patches really popped off last year. They had record-breaking sales because of COVID and people not wanting to be in their houses anymore and it being like one of the few things that you could do outside and social distance um, during the pandemic. So like a lot of people bought pumpkins. But uh, that being said, farm focus is not just Uh, localized in Bloomington Normal or the Panagraph is also across our three websites. So you've got ag stories coming out of Decatur, Mattoon, Charleston, Bloomington Normal, Macon County, Coles County, McLean County, anything that you could ever want to learn about agriculture in central Illinois. Kate Heather, Bloomington reporter, wrote about pennycress. There's been some talk about hemp.
1: I I don't know. Hold on. Uh, Lindsay Jones, our health reporter up here in Bloomington, she wrote about cannabis cultivation centers, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, there's uh, one of those in Lincoln.
1: And one in Delavan, just in Tazewell County.
0: Yeah, and um, okay. Valerie Wells, I believe, did a story um, on the FFA leadership, and there's some other stories coming out of Decatur and Mattoon, which I haven't gotten to read yet, but are very much anticipated. So if you want to read our stories. They are slowly coming online and they will be featured very prominently I believe this weekend. So check out Farm Focus. It's Farm Focus. Farm
1: Focus. <laughs> I did it sound Transformers. <laughs> so
0: Farm Focus. Okay.
1: Corn and seeds
0: in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast and are reporting, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. While you're at it, head on over to pantagraph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com to look up subscription information and consider supporting hashtag localjournalism.
1: Yes, Farm focus! Robots
0: in disguise! I love cows (laughs) so much.